I started Coffee with Humans as a way to make meaningful connections. See, I believe when people on individual journeys cross paths, real good can come from that. And in that sacred moment, we have the opportunity to do three things. Name reality and describe the future we want. Destroy things for our good by moving on from that which no longer serves us. Create or recreate ourselves, moving us to the reality we describe. That's the essence of Coffee with Humans, making the world a better place. One conversation at a time. Hey, it is live here today, Coffee with Humans, uh, with my friend Renee Kessler. Welcome, Renee. Thank you, Jason. This will be fun, as it, gonna, as it always is. It always is. Uh, yep. Now, for our new listeners here, normally on Coffee with Humans, we have uh, a uh, somebody I've never met. I meet them about eight minutes before we go live, and then we have a 45-minute or an hour-long discussion about anything except no sales calls. That's the only rule. However, today, special special moment, we've got some regulars on the, on the show. Renee Kessler, you're a business adventure coach, and she knows what it takes to plan, implement, and then reflect on adventures to move forward in life and in business. And so today, I'm so excited we're going to be talking about adventures. I brought a, I brought a prop. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't fit over my headphones. That's me. I like it. That's me and my... Uh, adventuresome spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I was thinking about wearing it the whole time, but then I thought that would be weird. And you wouldn't like it. <laughs> that that's that goes well here in Colorado. <laughs> right. A cowboy hat. Yep. I also brought my uh one of my favorite day packs. And I promise I'm not selling anything. They're, they're not Osprey is not uh is not giving me anything for this, but this is one of my favorite day packs, and it reminded me of our discussion today, so I wanted to grab it uh, because when you want to get away for just a day, you need a day pack, and then you, you pack your water into there, and you pack a number of other things, maybe food that you want to plan for for the day, and I think it's relevant to our discussion. What does it take to plan, implement, and then reflect on adventures? Uh, and then a little bit later, we've got a guest on who has lived real-life adventures. So welcome, Renee. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. You've been doing adventures for a long time, and I know that you brought something. I think you brought something as well. Yeah. Um, I thought that, you know, I, I'm not sure I really understood what an adventure was until I had an adventure. And I'm sure as a child, I mean, children live by adventure, don't they? Because it's new and they it's novel and they like you know, jumping off of things and, and taking risks because they don't know the known. They, they jump into the unknown all the time. And then as we age, we sort of lose it. That's true. But when I was in college, I was able to, to do this great adventure uh, where I climbed my first mountain. And uh, this is my journal. Ma! So it's 1977, October 1st. And that is the time that I really recognized what a real adventure was and what it did to me in my soul. Um, 
and how I have lived by that memory and that experience um, since then. That was, I don't know, a few years ago, 40 some years ago. I yeah, did. You said October 1st, 1977? Yes, that's a long time ago. Okay, so November, December and a half, then uh, I was born. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, that's okay to age me. That's fine. <laughs> well, I think it's a. I think it's really interesting and important to to call it out, not to age you, but uh, because, like you mentioned, when we're when we're very young, we don't know all the risks and all the downsides of having an adventure that doesn't turn out, and so we, as children, tend to explore and discover freely. And as we age, we become less, I think, less free. Mm -hmm. And you discovered this, uh, uh, the idea for you, the definition of adventure early on in your life and have, and, and the fact that you still have that notebook and you're still calling it out, I think is really important today for you and for our listeners, because, you know, I, I discovered adventure. I've, I guess I've always been adventurous, right? But my path for adventure and really setting free uh, was later in life. It was my mid thirties when I learned to rock climb. Uh, and I have my moment that I look back on and it has been pivotal, uh, that discovery, just like you've got your moment that you look back on. Well, and you, and I think you mentioned before the show is that that element of fear that you didn't like to have that feeling of fear and all part of an adventure is stepping into the unknown to sort of look at what, why is it that you're going on that adventure? You want something new? You want to do something novel? You want to change your pace? You don't like work, what's going on in your life right now, and you just need to go on an adventure. But it also could be overcoming some sort of fear, yeah. sort of stepping into the unknown, because it's, fear is oftentimes not a good feeling. And in order to overcome that fear or at least lessen the fear and the feeling of fear is to do something, meet it face to face. And for you, it was heights, right? Yeah, absolutely. Heights. I was afraid of heights. I think I got it from my mom. Uh, and I would have these weird thoughts where I would stand on the edge of a cliff and I'd be like, Oh my God, it's so high. I should jump. And I didn't, I thought it was so absurd that I would have that in the back of my mind, like get it over with. You should jump. And, and I thought, well, that, that's weird. I'm so odd. Uh, and at one point in time, I just thought, you know, I'm tired of having the fear of heights control me. Mm -hmm. I don't want, I don't want fear. And then I took that fear of heights and I generalized it and thought, I don't want fear to control me. I want to be in control of my own fear. That's right. That's a great way to put it. And for me in that moment, I thought there's two people standing on the edge of a cliff and one person is afraid and the other person isn't. What's the difference? If they're both in the same circumstance, how can one person's afraid and one person's not? Mm -hmm. And for me, in my own understanding at the time, I thought, well, there must be something that the person who's afraid does not know yet, that the person who's not afraid must know. And if that person who's afraid could understand what the person who's not afraid understands, then maybe fear could be diminished or dissolved. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I learned to rock climb. I thought, I want to do that. I want to live the adventuresome life that I knew I could uh, instead of being held back. Yeah. And that's a great scenario in, in all pieces of life, but not to be 
not to feel as if you're stuck or feel like you're not in control, like something else, like you said, fear is in control. I felt the same way when I was learning to kayak. I had such a fear of moving water. I was, I just didn't want to die in moving water. And I was on a big river. It was the, actually the, the snake river, the snake and the salmon rivers out in Idaho. And I was a rafting guide, but then one day the guides got out and we had kayaks that were coming with us as well on the, on these trips. And uh, I thought, okay, this is my chance. And I knew this rapid, it was a class four rapid called China rapid. Now for, for folks who don't understand what class four rapid is, what's, what are the characteristics of a class four rapid? Uh, It's moving and it's big water and they're big waves and uh, they're obstacles oftentimes in the way that you have to navigate around in order to not flip over either in a boat or a kayak. Yeah. It's It's almost like injury is going to happen. If you, if you're not careful, you're going to get injured. Right. And the, the ranges go from one to six. So a class six river in a rapid is unnavigable, really. I mean, so really they go up to five. And um, so I thought, okay, okay, I, I'm going to do this. And my heart was in my throat. And I thought, I'm gonna, you know, I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm going to die. We slept that night right by the rapid. So I heard the rapid all night long. And then the, the next morning, I just kept pacing up and down, just scouting the rapid, thinking, how am I going to do this? Where, where am I going to go? Where am I going to point the nose of the rapid or the kayak? And um, I started out and being low in the water, I couldn't really see where the tongue of the rapid was going. And uh, like you can in a raft. So I paddled as hard as I could. And I ended up hitting the nose of the kayak in a rock. Oh, no. And I flipped over. And I thought to myself, and all the bubbles of the water in the rapids, where I remember this underneath, I was underneath in the kayak. And I wet exited. I didn't, I didn't do an Eskimo roll. And I thought to myself, I'm alive. I actually did this. And from that point on, the rest of the river, I just breezed right down it. I had to get over that hurdle. And that's sort of the idea of fear, too. You have to get over that hurdle in order to continue going because it's not as bad as we think it is, right? It's never as bad as we think it is. Not once you're through it. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's always looking into it that it's much, much worse. You have to have the adventure. Yeah. You have to have the adventure because it does allow you to have more freedom in thought and and emotion to go to the next level. That's why I I'm... You know, I like working with, with clients who who are willing to step out, willing. They have to have the willingness and, and yeah. to do something that's unknown and has to take some risks. Absolutely. I think it, it, you're right. Willing, willingness is the I think the first is one of the first components of being able to step out in that more full life. And that's that's what we're talking about. Adventure, fear and then walking, like moving uh demonstrably assertively into a more full life because i think so many people feel like man i'm just stuck i'm not moving i'm not being the person i thought i could be i'm not living into the fullness of who i could be and i think it's uh carolyn McHugh. she's got a great ted talk out there the quote that it just resonates in my soul is uh something about uh we most of us don't live into the the uh, fullness that the universe had, uh, intended for us. 
because the universe has a big place for us, a big role for us. And we, we intuitively know it, but we just get stuck and don't walk into that, which is really a shame, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so having that awareness and then being able, you know, being willing to take the steps that are necessary to move into that, I think are important. Yeah. I think about people at my age, people have retired. I retired from my former career as a professor. But oftentimes that word retirement means, well, I've done my greatest challenges. I've done my greatest risks. I've had my greatest adventures. Now I'm just going to live a life of, I don't know, something. I mean, it has sort of that connotation. And I, um, I'm adverse to that. I, I think every day, the older I get, the more adventurous it can be. It yeah. really starts with your mindset. And I'm unwilling to put my feet up in, and um, just relax, I guess, because, yeah. you know, that's not part of the adventure component because, there's, that, as you said, it's a big world. There's, a lot, there's so much to grow. Yeah. So much growth and adventure. It's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, John Piper, who uh, was a senior pastor of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minnesota, Minneapolis, I think, area. Uh, for many, many years and was a seminary teacher before that. Uh, he wrote he wrote many, many books uh, and might, maybe still does. But one of the books that he wrote was Don't Waste Your Retirement. And he thought, what a what a terrible shame that people who who've lived life, who have the greatest experiences or the most experiences and then come to this end that somehow the joy, the end of it is that you sit your ass on a beach and and just consume and yeah. do things for yourself. Right. How, how, what a shame. Instead, how do you give back? How do you contribute to the greater good? How do you use all of the wealth of experience and the understanding and the connections that you have to feed into the world? Mm-hmm. Because that's your opportunity. That, yeah. that is your moment. And, it, and it's always a moment, right? But as we grow in experience, why would we, why would we somehow just be like, okay, and I'm going to put that on the shelf and, right. you know, watch television. And it's sort of like redefining yourself because for me, I spent 30 years as a professor and they decided uh, to move two years ago to somewhere I've never been before. That's an adventure and start a business. I've never started a business before. I've never done all those things, but I live for adventure. I don't know if there is such a thing as success and failure in the component of adventure. Adventure is adventure. Right. And then the outcome could be determined by success and failure, perhaps. But um, there's so much one can do. And I was speaking to someone, a colleague of mine who has about five more years. I asked him when he was going to retire and he said, well, I think I have about five more years. And then my wife and I are just going to travel and just enjoy ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that's great. You know, I think that's great. But but for someone who really lives for adventure, it just doesn't. They don't go together for me. I love to travel, but I love to travel for the adventure couple. Right. You know? Well, it's interesting. Uh, you know, today's discussion is on adventure, and a lot of our listeners and viewers are in the middle of, you know, kind of the middle parts of their lives. And some some people are just starting off with their business adventures and their careers. And so wanted to bring on a special guest today, somebody who's actually uh, lived in a life of adventure uh, and has traveled around the world, been to more countries, is my understanding, than she has been to U.S. states. Uh, and so we invited here Katie Wixer, uh, who, Katie, you are in Kuwait right now? 
I am. Yes. The country. The country Kuwait. Yeah. In the Middle East. It's, it's funny. And many, I, sometimes I, I, you know, mention country names and, and uh, some people are like, is that a country? And it's like, yeah, you should, you should get out more. Like Georgia. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. So many times people talk about Georgia and assume you're talking about the U.S. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or um, Chile, and they're thinking you're talking about the food chili, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, welcome. You now tell us you used to you've you grew up in the in the United States. You've lived in New Jersey uh, and now now you're in Kuwait. Tell us a little bit about that journey. How did you where have you been? How have you moved to where you're at? Yeah, so I grew up in New Jersey, went to high school, did did the you know the course of all that, went to college out in central Pennsylvania, which allowed me the experience to do my student teaching um, in England. And that's where I feel like my love for adventure and uh, exploring the world started. Being able to be in a different country that was very similar to America, but yet had its drastic differences as well. Um, and from there, that love of travel and that love of doing it for the adventure, like you said, not just to travel, just take a picture and say, I did it more about what can I do while I'm there and how much experience can I have? Um, and that's where it kind of started. I came home, got a job in New Jersey, did that for a few years and kind of felt like I needed a change. It was time for life to kind of take a different direction. And that brought me to grad school, which I did in Mallorca in Spain. Um, and my network grew dramatically um, during that experience. And at the end of that summer, I had a job in Rome, Italy. So I came home 15 days later, rented my house, sold my car, packed my life into three suitcases and off I went. And now five years later, I'm in Kuwait <laughs> at another international school. So what kind, of, what kind of pushback did you get when you were in the middle of what seems to be a pretty fast transition where you, Hey, you're yeah. just packing your car. You said you rented your house, sold your car. And off, what kind of pushback did you get when you were in that moment? Um, my family was super supportive. They, this is something that I've wanted to do for a while to move overseas and teach abroad. Um, and it was challenging to get into that uh, field in a country that I wanted to go to. I was very much against going to Asia um, in the very beginning. I was young, I didn't know what I was doing. It was really nerve wracking to do it by myself. So I found some security in Europe. I'm not sure why, but that's how I felt at the time. Um, friends were telling me I was crazy. This was, this was a silly thing to do. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know the language. Um, they thought I was crazy. But they all lined up to come visit very quickly <laughs> because they had a free place to stay in Europe. So, um, yeah, a little bit of both. A little, my, my family was really supportive because they, they knew it was something I wanted. Um, and friends were supportive, but also just giving me the, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to sign up for something so dramatically different than what you're doing now? So I have a question for you, Katie. So do you think that, um, you know, the people that, that questioned you yeah. did do something else for you? Did it say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to prove to myself and to the world and to my friends and family that this is going to work and, and I'm going to be a better person for it. Totally. It was definitely, it definitely was the motivation to say, uh, well, that's okay. If you think I'm crazy, I'm doing this for me and I'm, I'm going to be really good at it. I'm going to, I'm going to find the strength in that and I'm going to find the challenges. 
And that first year was really difficult. You know, not having the support of family and friends, feeling very alone in a foreign country um, was really, was really one of, was a really eye-opening experience for me. I learned a lot about myself by doing this and living what, overseas. What sort of things, uh, if you, if you look back on that moment, the things that you're learning about yourself when you're well outside your comfort zone into, I think if, if you know, for our viewers, a lot of times people who uh, work in coaching talk about your comfort zone and like this concentric circles, Con comfort zone, your learning zone, and then maybe your terror zone, right? Uh, yeah. Or whatever you want to call that on the outside where you know, we can harm ourselves if we go way, way, way outside uh, and, and inflict, you know, mental trauma on ourselves. But, but getting outside our comfort zone, most people have a hard time doing that. And, and, and like you say, there's that resistance that comes from other people and they're resistant for us. Right. Because, the, which is funny, I think, uh, that people present their own fears of going out into the learning zone upon us and say, hey, whoa, 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 are you sure that you want to go out there? And really, we're just in our learning zone. I mean, you are safe. You're in a European country sure. uh, yep. with a lot of standards similar to, to how you grew up. Uh, yep. but, but in that learning zone, what did you find out about yourself? I learned that I was a lot more resilient than I thought I was. Hmm. And I learned that I'm pretty capable. And um, the best way to, to challenge yourself or to change yourself is to challenge yourself. And um, I learned that the world is not so scary. The world is a big place, but yet it's really interconnected in its own way. And um, th that you can succeed, even if it's a little scary and even if it's a little bit nerve wracking and something you're not used to or not comfortable with. It, you can learn and you'll be okay. And, and you develop those independent skills and you develop those resiliency and you develop um, exploring about like what you actually like and what you don't like, um, what you're able to do, what you're not able to do. You, I learned how to set expectations and boundaries through this whole process with meeting different people from different cultures. Um, I think I'm constantly learning like now I'm in the Middle East. I have a whole bunch of new things to learn. Totally different culture, totally different environment. Um, so I think I just, I keep learning and keep growing with that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you, I have another question for you. <laughs> Do you think that you have expectations of adventure or, or and I can ask this both through Jason and Katie is that, you know, when we think about going for an adventure, are there expectations already predetermined for that adventure? So I had a really great conversation with someone about the difference between hopes and expectations. Um, and I think for me, I have hopes for adventures. I think I expect that I'm going to learn something new about myself, but I hope that I am able to um, be more aware after that experience or that I'm able to take something from that adventure and, and develop myself better for it. I don't expect that I will because I think with adventure, it, it, there's so much unknown that you don't really know what's going to happen. Right. So to have expectations when you're going out on an adventure, I think take away from the actual experience. So I, I go at it with hope. I hope that this is everything I thought it would be. And I hope that something comes out of this that can help me become a better me or learn about myself. I mean, I think, I think as humans, there's so much that we learn about ourselves 
day in and day out through big adventures, through small adventures. So I try not to have expectations. I try not to set the bar too high because I want to just enjoy it and be on that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, I look back uh, to kind of those times when I decided to be more adventurous. Uh, and I think it was very freeing uh, for one in that moment uh, to, to understand that I could, I could change. I could grow significantly in it through, through fear uh, because so many times I would help be, I would be held back by fear. Uh, and um, one of the things that I be, beyond rock climbing, one of the things that uh, we did as a family at the time is we picked up for a summer and left and traveled for a month and a half in a camper. And I remember people looking back, you know, to thinking we were crazy. Uh, you know, how could you just, you know, you're just in a camper. You don't even know where you're going to stay. I mean, that was one of the big things. Like you don't even know where you're going to stay. And, and I said, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm in the United States. There's a Walmart, like every 20 miles, <laughs> except in a handful of places. Like I can't get too far off the map. Like my cell phone works nearly every place. I'm on major interstates. If I broke down, what could possibly happen? And, uh, and I remember, I, I remember, you know, back to, uh, some of the things we've been talking about. I remember some pushback from people thinking you're nuts. Uh, and I remember, uh, some people then just following along. I mean, I took videos and like would publish them online every couple of days. And people, complete strangers sometimes would be following along, wanting to see what was happening, wanting to live through me and our family. And it was, it was fascinating to me, um, that, uh, yeah, that that's the response that would, would be gotten. And I remember I got home and I remember I was talking to a friend uh, who I never had, you know, figured these would be following along, would care, uh, and he was like, man, are you going to do that again? I just love watching those videos. And I thought, huh, this is really interesting. You know, I think he was an electrical engineer or something like that. And uh, and then another person got, you know, got home and the other person's like, I could never do that. I just couldn't do that. I was like, what are you talking about? Of course you can. It's not difficult. I like <laughs> I, I mapped out the time. I kind of knew where we were headed and I got in a car and pulled a camper. And it was, it was those experiences, you know, walking into them, um, and finding the, you know, finding the personal growth, um, through that. And then seeing, you know, seeing how the world changed around me too, I think, which was, which was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie, you've got, a, you've got an admirer here on Facebook. Uh, if you, if you want your face to be seen, you got to give StreamYard, uh, permissions, but somebody says, I'm so excited for you. Love you, Katie. Oh, um, <laughs> Well, I think one of the things, Kate, you could probably relate to, to this too, is is about women doing solo experiences. And I've been doing those for 100 years because um, I'm older than the both of you. Collectively, it's probably been 100 years. Um, you know, traveled all over crazy countries around the world, but also, um, you know, backpacking for, you know, 21 days by myself in the wilderness. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. And I hike all the time by myself. And having done um, presentations on for women who want, they really want to do it, 
but it's the fear component, right? It's like, what's out in the wild? What's out in Africa? How could you travel all over Africa by yourself? How could you go to, how could you spend that amount of time in the wilderness without the bears and the mountain lions and those kinds of things? Yeah. So it's the fear component that keeps women, people, from doing those things that they can do. Yeah, absolutely. It's achievable for, for everyone if you have that willingness and the want to do it. Mm-hmm. I found the other question I got I get a lot is, well, why? Instead of like, how could you? It's like, but why would you want to? Mm-hmm. You know, why would you want to leave the comfort of what you know? And you know, my response is, well, why not? How, and how do you know if you enjoy it or learn from it or grow from it if you don't experience it? Mm-hmm. And and the fact that I'm I was a woman doing this on my own was another point of like resistance from friends and from some people in life. You know, aren't you nervous to go by yourself as a woman? Nope. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a woman shouldn't hold me back from doing something, especially not having an adventure. Right. I found that I was more nervous when other people were so nervous. Well, right. right. That was something too. I started, I'm fine about this. <laughs> and then it started raising questions in myself of maybe I didn't think this, maybe I didn't think it through. Should I be concerned about that? No, no, I'm fine. Like, and I think a lot of it too, like you had said earlier, I don't think I realized some of the adventures I'm on until after it's over. And so after you have that reflective moment of, wow, I did that. Like, yeah, yeah, I did. I did pack up my life and rent my house. And I did get on a plane and move to Italy and started a new job in a new country. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about it because then it maybe does make me think, wow, that was a little crazy. <laughs> you know, you just you did it on your own. You yep. know, you, you found that you're pretty resourceful. Yeah. That you can do things and don't need the guidance and expertise of, of other people or, I mean, you do. It's that's yeah. not that we can't ask, you know, be open for other people's help. But that, that feeling is, or, or that response is built into us. I, I, got a friend uh who's got a two-year-old daughter and uh we were chatting the other day and i remember i remember thinking back to my kids when my boys specifically my boys would fall because they were always attacking something attacking life with a vigor and they would fall or hurt themselves and then they would look up right for just a moment to see should i cry is this the moment should i be afraid like, and it was in that moment that my response would shape, would, would inform them of what their response should or could be. Mm. And, uh, and I, I feel like we, that, that innate feeling of looking to others and saying, okay, what do I do now? What's happening? Um, sh- should I be afraid? I think that that, that kind of, that, that is so built into us that we carry that into our adulthood. Right. And like you're saying, Katie, you talk to other people. And they're like, you're, are you, did you think of all these things? And you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm well, you know, off the beaten path here and I'm going to get injured. Uh, when in fact, think, thinking about it, there's millions of people that live in each of those countries without any right. problem. Why well, and then one? Joining this community of people who do this mm. has been so invigorating and so encouraging to that, yeah, you can, you can just go, you can go anywhere and have these experiences. Well, you used to be able to, <laughs> now you're a little limited. <laughs> yeah, but, no, it's really messed things up. 
It sure has. <laughs> That's part of also living, you know, overseas is having the world at your fingertips, you know, and, and not having to like, Hey, I'm going to go to Poland for the weekend. Like how many people get to say that, you know, and it's, it's all part of that. But then you're right. Like it's that moment of, should I, should I take a, should I slow down and think about these things? Like do, do other people know something I don't, you know, but then when you get around like-minded people, the adventure just becomes so much bigger and so much better. Yeah. I've, we've got another user here. Living life to the fullest is very empowering. You are all very inspiring, which I thank you so much uh, for that feedback. The, the word inspiring is, is curious to me. Uh, and I'd like to work on that word for just a little bit. This <laughs> idea of, of we are, we, we look for inspiration, right? We, so I've got this, I've got this, uh, this vest on. I wore it specifically for today along with the prop, uh, for the viewers who missed it to begin with. I've got my, my cowboy hat, uh, that I was going to wear the whole time, but it doesn't work with my headphones. Uh, but I've got this North Face shirt on, which is, you know, super cool. It's really comfortable. Um, orange, I think, might be one of my colors. Super soft. And a lot of people around, you know, the U.S. at least have a lot of North Face gear and have no idea what the word the North Face, you know, the phrase the North Face has is. They think, well, it's a clothing company. And yet the North Face actually has to do with mountaineering. Uh, and in, in terms of the North face of the mountain, it's actually the most, one of the most treacherous parts of the mountain on, on the, in the Northern hemisphere, the sun doesn't beat on it. It stays cold longer. It's, it's more treacherous. Uh, and so the idea of the North face gear, we're walking around, we're being inspired by adventure, even when we don't know what we're being inspired by, it seems, right? We've got this this just collective idea of what adventure is, and there's nothing specific about it. And so, for people, for people who want to who who have this have this um, uh, loose idea, this loose concept of what of I want to be adventurous, what are the next steps? What do they do? What's the practical next step that they can do to take this nebulous idea of adventure and wearing the gear? And watching other folks who've done it, what do they do then? How do they make this practical? Either way, they, they have to do it. Yeah, they have to move. Okay, they have to make this do this make the step because then they know inside they're not really authentic adventurers mm-hmm. because on the outside they've got the gear, they've got the Osprey backpack, they've got the North Face jacket, they got the cowboy hat. But if they actually don't live what it is that they're, mm-hmm. they're they're demonstrating or they're they're the rest of the world is viewing them as, then it's it's all for naught, right? Mm. Um, that's that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would say you need to define what the word adventure is. I think before you set out on this adventure with whatever gear you have, what does adventure mean to to you as the person who's seeking it? Does it mean to climb a mountain? Does it mean to live in a different country? Maybe your idea of adventure is to go to a different grocery store to see if you can find the things you want to find. Um, I think you need to understand what it is you're looking for before you go searching for it. Okay. Or have a rough idea of what it is. 
but then you need to get up off your, your tush and do it. You need to yeah. go and, and accomplish whatever that adventure is. You need to do it because you can't talk about it and not have any action. Yeah. And so earlier in the broadcast, or maybe it was before I don't remember, I talked about my planning process that I instituted a number of years ago of just two quick, two quick sections on a piece of paper, uh, which is the things I want to be and the things I want to do. And I feel one is character development. And then the other one is, uh, are just practical things. Like I just want to achieve, right? It's like your bucket list. And for me, at least I can get a lot of times wrapped up in making sure that my bucket list is very complete. Uh, like here's all the things I want to do. And to then right on the, right on the other, right after doing that, it just is overwhelming. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Cause I got all these things. It's Chinese menu syndrome, right? 300 <laughs> items. You've only ever had three. Yep. The right. Uh, but the, for me, what, what the process was, I looked at, I thought, okay, well, what are the consistent things over a period of time that just keep bubbling to the surface? And so I, I think of myself in a meditative state, right? Thinking of myself on a, on, you know, sitting in my happy place, which is, you know, on, on a lake early in the morning or, or in the evening when there's no wind and it's just, the water is just still. And then out, out, out you know, in the lake, up pops a little bubble, boop, and it pops on the surface. And then, you know, one over here, boop. But then in one particular place, there's always this bubble of boop. This is popping on the surface. That I go, okay, that's something consistent. That's been there. It's concentrating in one area. Let's write that down. That's something I want to be, or that's something I want to do. And rock climbing was a perfect example for me. It existed in two ways. On the B list, it was, I want to be more adventurous. Cause I wasn't living my life of adventure. I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I knew in my soul, I was not being adventurous. And then on the do, I wanted to, I wanted to learn to rock climb. I wanted to climb a mountain is actually what I wrote. I want to climb a mountain. And then the next step was now, what do I do? Mm -hmm. How, what would move me one step, one step closer to that goal? If I'm on a journey, what's that one step that I could take that moved me closer to climbing a mountain, which by the way, I've not done yet. And it's been 10 years or something like that, right? Not not as good as mountain. And it's time, but I did learn to rock climb within six months of that, of that list. So defining that goal, like you talk about Katie and then, you know, Renee, like where you're like, and, and you just got to go do it. I think I would add to that. Find, find the, find the people who are already doing it because that will help you reduce your fear because they're not afraid. And they won't be afraid for you. They'll pull you. They'll pull you ahead into your dreams rather than holding you back <laughs> by their fear. I think some fear is helpful, though. All right. Because it's, and we talked about that earlier. Like, you have to have the fear because you want to overcome it. You don't want that feeling. So I've oftentimes, when I took students rock climbing, um, I would say to them, are you, are you, or they would tell me, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm afraid. I was like, I'm so glad that you are. Because you will be more mindful, you'll be more uh, in the moment about um, what you're about to do. And they're more careful. Like people who are not afraid to do things, they get kind of crazy. They do kind of crazy things. So I think fear, an element of fear, yeah, uh, just enough to move you forward, but not too much to keep you from moving forward. I like what you say, that mindfulness. So fear, a healthy fear can lead us to mindfulness. Unhealthy fear leads us to something different, which I think 
is that that idea like we've gone way, way outside what we should be doing. And now we need to, you know, now we're inflicting trauma perhaps on ourselves, mm-hmm. um, at least for the short term. So what do, what do you think about that, Katie? You said you, you're not afraid to travel all these countries. I don't know that that's is that totally true? Like you're not afraid? What where does it exist not, for you? I'm not afraid to go to a new country. I, I am fearful of will I be able to navigate? Will I know how to use the public transport? Will I be able to get out of the big city and get into the off the beaten path? Um, will I be able to communicate? Will I be able to understand the language, have the currency? I mean, there's all those little things that I think each time you overcome them, you, you become more aware. Um, and I think as long as you're aware and you do your research, like for me, as far as traveling, do my research, like what am I walking into? You know, coming to Kuwait, I had to figure out new outfits to wear. I can't have my shoulders out. I can't have my knees out. Um, even in the sweltering heat of 120 degrees in the summer, I have to be covered, but I have to know that before I get here. So no, I mean, there, there is definitely a little tingle of, of fear mixed with nervousness, mixed with excitement. Um, but I think, like you said, Renee, like it's the, it's the awareness. Like I I'm aware of my surroundings, you know, the world change, the world is a different place with, with people and with security and, and, you know, just being safe on top of all the other things that come along with being on these adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there is definitely a fear, not a solid, you know, hardcore fear, but just that, that awareness of fear of, uh, okay, here, we're going to do this. Like this is, this is where I'm going. Here's what I hope to get out of it. And let's just embrace it also, because I think with adventures as well, there are those unknowns that happen that come up that maybe throw a little kink in your plan. And how do you handle those? How do you react to those? Cause if you're afraid or you're fearful that that shutting down in a, in a situation is really not a good place to be either. So having that clear head and, and that process that you go through when you get stuck like that is also really important. Oh, absolutely. I love that. I, that there's a visual that comes to my mind, which I've experienced for other people before. Uh, out when rock climbing, I've, you know, some friends and I have taken taken people on groups uh, or groups groups uh, of rock climbing, and there comes a time. <laughs> this happens occasionally where someone, you know, they're climbing up the rock. They're fully they're fully safe. They're roped in. Nothing's going to happen. They're they're totally fine. They could just they they could fall asleep at that point and they'd be fine. They but they climb up halfway and then they stop. And they grip on tightly to the rock. They're not going down, which they could do. They could just let go and they're safe and we'll lower them down. Or they could climb up, which they could also do because it's well within their range. But they just hold tightly to that rock out of fear and anxiety. And that point, like you say, if you just stop, if you just stay stuck, you do yourself more harm. Mm-hmm. Right? That gripping, that grip process of gripping when you're rock climbing just wears out your fingers. you got more to go. And if you get lowered back down, you're probably not going to go back up again because you're because you're you know you're 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 gripping so tightly. And I I equate that. And what the, as you're talking, the thing that comes to my mind is in my own life. Sometimes I get so stuck, so so afraid of where I'm at and what might come in the future that I just stay gripping the present, right? And the longer the time passes, the more weak I get. I become to move forward. Uh, and it recalls my mind a podcast I did with Mark Metry, um, 
he, he wrote a book called Screw Being Shy, and he's got a top 100 uh, podcast around the world. He said, he said, and he's not the first to say this, but he he pointed it on the on, on the podcast. Anxiety is energy, and we have the opportunity to direct that anxiety to something or in some direction and use that energy, right? Use that energy for our good rather than than having that just uh, bind us up, which just holds us back from the future. Totally, Renee, you've uh, you've actually done mountains. You've done a lot of mountains around the world, and I know that you've got. Did you have, you have another one on your list? I think in the next year or so. Um, yeah, the, the matter if if we get over COVID. <laughs> There's yeah. no COVID in the mountains. So. Yeah, but, you know I can't get over to Europe. With, you know, can't fly to Europe at this point. But, um, so what what about you? Anxiety must come up. You've, even though you've done this countless numbers of times. How, what's been your path using anxiety or experiencing anxiety to, from where you've come from to where you are now? Well, I, I don't know uh, if I would call it anxiety. Okay. Um, it, I think more than anything is the judgment that I've learned with every adventure and every climb. You could associate it with the mountain or you could associate it with traveling to Kuwait and living in Kuwait. You know, I just think of mountains as anything you could you know, as a metaphor to anything in life. Mm. For me, it's oftentimes has been mountains. And um, so I think when I think about, it was about four years ago and I was climbing the, the Grand Teton in Wyoming with uh, three other guys and all friends. We all knew each other. We all knew our skills. And we got up to the pass where you could either, this is the time to retreat, or you continue to start roping up and, and climb the seven pitches to the top of the Grand Teton. Mm-hmm. And um, we looked off to the west, and there, there was a storm coming in. I mean, it was way off in the distance, and we all knew each other's skills, and, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. And I think we just trusted each other. It was like, well, we're either all in this or we're not. And uh, we kept looking off to the west, and we decided, let's let's go up. Well, then the adventure was really starting because we just got to the top, just got to the top on dry rock. And when we got to the top, it started raining. And uh, the rappel down was horrendous. I mean, I actually fell on the rappel and split my arm open because I, you know, I just slipped on the rock and it slammed me into the face of a rock. Um, But we were all so focused and it wasn't anxiety, it was focus, this flow moment where you just have to pay attention to the here and the now because a slip, a something could really be, you know, pretty treacherous. And we were all in it together. We were all taking care of each other, taking care of ourselves, making sure the knots were tied correctly, making sure, because it was so foggy and, and um, hard to see too. That was really an adventure. I didn't know it at the time. Think about the adventures you've been on. I didn't know it at any adventure. I didn't know it at the time because I was so focused in what was happening. But as you come down and the next day you look back, it's like, wow, we really did that. You know, oh my gosh, that was an adventure and we survived. Um, so I, you know, I, I guess anxiety, it's, it's more of a, you know, you, something, some, something else kicks into gear when you feel like there might be 
you know, something that's not going as well or something else. So I don't know. I I don't know about anxiety. I I don't think I've, I really go to the anxiety piece. Hmm. What about you, Katie? What about anxiety and the places that you've been, the experiences that you've had? How do you, how do you harness that? Or do you experience, experience anxiety now that you've, you know, for people who might be viewing this late now that you've, you know, come from the States uh, did some, did some education in Europe, uh, you know, did, did some education. Uh, so you were in the UK, you were in Spain, worked in Rome. Now you work in Kuwait and have been to more countries than you've been to States, uh, <laughs> which is a neat thing to say. That's why I keep saying it. Wow. Uh, so actually a little, that I haven't been to the States. <laughs> that you're not supposed to say that. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Wonderful. It's just I mean, I, 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 <laughs> how many states? How, so, so how many countries have you been to? Uh, Thirty-two. Thirty-two. That's significant. Uh, so, having been to thirty-two countries, anxiety's got to creep up. I would think. Or what do you? How do you experience? How do you? How do you experience? What energy do you, do you draw from to to continue this? To continue. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'd call it anxiety either. I think it's energy. I think it's that driving force of just, I mean, living through the adventure or living through the experience and, and taking different parts of it and from it to develop who I am. And that's kind of where it comes from. I mean, I, I've been to 32 countries. Um, I've lived in three. So being to going to a country and living in a country are totally different things. Um, you know, saying I went to Poland for the weekend does not mean that I have remotely experienced what it means to be in Poland. You know, you going for a weekend or spending a week is nowhere near enough time to actually be on the adventure of that country. Um, I don't like to look at it as like ticking boxes and checking them off. Um, I find that going to these places, you see the sites because you need to see them, but my adventure is more about how can I get lost somewhere? Can I put my phone down? Can I not have a map? And can I just go wander until I can get lost and then try and find my way back and see what happens? Um, I love that. Exactly. Lots of adventures that have come up that I will save for a different time. Um, But you sit back and you think, wow, I I did that yesterday and not sure how I survived it, but I did. And and here I am today to tell the story. So I think when you live in the moment like that, the anxiety doesn't creep up because you don't really have time for it to. You're just embracing what you're doing and where you are and who you're with that the anxiety maybe comes later or you think I should have probably thought about that in the moment. Maybe I should have stopped on the rock and gripped just for a second to refocus myself, but you just have to go with the energy that you have. So um, for me, I, I just want, I want to see the world. I want to meet people. I want to experience cultures. Um, I want to make the world smaller. Um, like I know people now in probably 15 different countries that I could call on and say, I'm coming and I'm going to crash on your couch. Okay. No problem. That to me is kind of what I get. That's there's my energy comes from is having those connections around the world and being able to, to pull on them or, or lean on them when needed and and experience how different we all are, but yet at the core, we're all human. And we all kind of have that innate drive to, to do things with life. 
So for both of you then, looking back on the the younger self, not having all these experiences, if it were even possible, and I know that it's it's a, sort of a weird thing to think about because I'm not I'm not certain that 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 is possible to you know look back with clarity uh, at that moment. Um, compare and contrast. Compare and contrast the person that you were prior to this idea of like I'm embracing adventure because I think there's probably a time when you didn't embrace adventure. At whatever point you can determine, here's when I started embracing adventure to where you are today. Compare and contrast the person that you were and the person that you are. That's really deep. I threw you on the spot for that. Well, I, I for me, I think that I was bumbling around, eating around and along with everybody else. I was doing what everybody else was doing. I was... You know, whatever was trendy, I was doing the trendy. You know, if all my friends were doing something, I was doing that. But once I did that first climb, that first mountain, that first, what I really understood was an adventure. Then I really understood me and what I wanted and that following all the other trendy things and what everybody was doing and doing what my friends were doing and what people expected me to be and do uh, went away because now I was listening to myself and I didn't know myself before that until I went on an adventure. And then I discovered this all, this whole thing. And I thought, forget you people. I'm going over here. Katie, I know you can relate to this. Totally. I want to do the teacher connection thing. I definitely making a connection with that. <laughs> So yeah, that's my, that's, that's wow. my story. That's powerful. You didn't really know yourself until you, until you went on that first climb, that first adventure and decided, I don't, I don't need to follow the rest of you. Yeah. yeah. Here's what, here's who I am. Here's what I want. What about you, Katie? I think that's a really great statement in the sense that I don't know that I knew I was adventurous until I took an adventure until I was pushed a little bit outside that comfort zone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I also think I kind of got in a rut of being the person that um, other people made me out to be. You know, I was the, I was the person who hosted all the the gatherings and I was the person who said yes all the time. You know, yes, I'll help with that. Yes, I'll help you. I'll do that. Yes, I can be there. Yes, I can watch your kid. Yes, I can go to the store. Yes, I can. Yes, 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 yes. When at the end of the day, I had no energy left for me. And and then I got into that spiral or that rut or that, you know, that you just keep going round and round and round and round. And what about what I wanted and what I needed? So I'm going to take that step, even though people think I'm nuts, that's okay. I'm going to just, I'm going to do that and I'm going to see how it feels. And then you get a little taste of it. Oh, I want, I need more. I want more of that. That makes me happy. And that gives me that time back for me. So it just kind of sparked from there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how old I was or what I was doing when I, when I, when I did that, but I remember feeling that I can't keep going in this direction. And so it was time to shake it up a bit. It's, it seems true that life change uh, and the people that we become happen slowly, you know, like the 20 pounds I put on over the past <laughs> year and a half, you know, or a year. It's like, it happens slowly. Uh, but when I look back, I'm like, oh, dear Lord, what happened? Um, 
that's, I think, similarly to when we take those moments of pause in our lives and compare and contrast who we were, we're like, wow. Yeah. What a massive difference. I'm glad. And hopefully we were saying, I'm glad that I have come this far. And then I think that also gives us a moment of uh, perhaps peace and hope that if we did that once, it, that process is still continuing. And so mm-hmm. for wherever we are today, we can always become something, someone or do something different tomorrow. And, and there are people around us that are already doing that. And sometimes we're just not reaching out. Um, Katie, I'm going to give you a couple shout outs here. You have a following. Renee and I have been on this several times and no one says, love you, Jason. <laughs> love you, Renee. Uh, but we, no, have, we have somebody saying, hi, Katie. Uh-huh. Love you, Katie. Glad to hear your stories. <laughs> Katie, remember when we visited the graffiti spot in Italy? Talk about the lost. I do yeah. have one love the hat, which was nice. Thank you. <laughs> Good for you. Just to piggyback off of what you just said, Jason, though, I think yeah. for me too, the confirmation and clarity that I've received from coming home or from continuing some of the friendships I had when I left mm. and hearing the feedback from, wow, you've really come into your own or wow, you're really happy or wow, you've, you really owned what it was that you did. And, um, the growth that other people have seen in me from the outside that I wasn't looking for um, has, has kind of given me that clarity that this was a good choice and it was what I needed, even if I was unsure when I did it. Mm-hmm. This one just came in. <laughs> gonna have to, we'll never have you back on. You're too popular. I know. Hey. <laughs> oh, well, here's something I'm going to, I'm promising our, our viewers on this. And I'm, I'm, here's something I'm looking forward to. Renee, I said that uh, I'm going to come climb mountain with you because I, I want to, it's in my soul to do it. Uh, and, and I want to, I want to bring the mountains to people. And I think that we have a great opportunity to, you know, in the future, take, take what we're talking about here in terms of adventure and, and really, uh, encourage people by, by demonstrating it and showing like, Hey, adventure yeah. is, is, um, is a very real and approachable thing. Uh, and then, you know, broadcasting some of that to our, to our viewers. You should do a coffee chat on top of the mountain you climb. Yeah. That's a great, it's a neat idea. <laughs> Left to find some cell phone coverage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or a satellite phone. I don't know. Satellite phones are a little spotty. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like uh, Elon Musk is or Elon Musk is changing that for us. We might have high speed internet. On the, I mean, if on we can talk now. miles across an ocean, I'm, I bet you can talk on top of a mountain. It's possible. Also, shout out here to Coach uh, David. Would love to connect. Yes, we'd love to connect with you as well. Uh, you can connect with each one of us on LinkedIn. And we will uh, be happy to have some further conversations. Uh, we're, we're approaching the end of our time here. Uh, thank you so much for being here, both of you. Um, who, what, what final thoughts? Any, any final thoughts that you want to give to our viewers, our listeners, uh, from the things that you've experienced or things that you'd want to pass along to others? I think it's, it's to pay attention to what it is that you desire 
or try to unearth that desire because within that desire is where the adventure is. Yes. If we've got something so deep and the desire is deep, it's not, and we've talked about this too, Jason, about um, the difference between a want and a desire. A desire is soulful. And, you know, in order to reach that desire, you have to go on an adventure to really, yeah. to, to really capture that, those things that you really, really want, desire in life. So true. Dig deep. Go after those. Go after those things that are your desires. Don't get to the to nearing the end, and then go what coulda, shoulda, woulda. You know, either yeah. like dig dig deep dig deep now because you can. Katie, any final thoughts? Sure, I would say I would challenge everyone, all your listeners and followers, to take one baby step outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Try something a little bit different. Um whatever you're comfortable with or a little bit uncomfortable with and start to embrace on that adventure or that, that journey outside of what, you know, outside of your inner circle. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, viewers, I'm so excited uh, to be joined here today uh, by Renee and Katie. Uh, Renee, you're one of the, our regulars here on coffee with humans. I always so much enjoy our chats and I am looking forward to getting on the mountains and bringing the mountains to the people. Awesome. Uh, and Katie, thanks for joining us from Kuwait. Uh, is, Katie. Yeah. All the way to Kuwait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no mountains here, but we'll find an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks very much everybody we will catch you next time be sure to subscribe uh to the channel it's on it's on broadcast live on linkedin there's also a public facebook group uh called coffee with humans as you, you can imagine that and then also on youtube the channel coffee with humans uh subscribe to that uh and you can always catch me at coffeewithhumans.com. thanks everybody thanks everybody One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.